Uh, good morning, everybody. Um, with, uh, welcome to Green Left Radio. This morning we have Fergal, Dennis, and Zane, and myself, Ewan. Right. And uh, we're going to launch straight into today's articles. With, with go, take it away, Dennis. Sure thing. Um, and apologies, apologies for that rather bizarre intro that we just had. Yes, I think we, <laughs> we try we try to mix up mix up a mix up a bit of uh, guitar strings there for a change. I like it. <laughs> it had a bit of a beat poetry kind of vibe. The dark nature of capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> so to start off, uh, start off a uh, uh, program today. As everybody, as uh, all of us have certainly seen the the news, uh, news on t- on t- on TVs and social media and basically everywhere, reclaim the rallies have uh, have, fa- have faced yet another uh, yet another defeat at the hands of the anti-fascist forces. Again, <laughs> uh, how, how, how many times has it been now, guys? Was it like fourth, fifth, fifth time that they try uh, that they tried to rally throughout Australia and and once again they've been. Outnumbered in almost all uh, all the rallies that they that they were at, and if they the, weren't outnumbered, they were matched. Yes, yes, which uh, they were matched from uh, from uh, the news reports that we've uh, heard. They were they were matched by they were matched in Melbourne and in Perth, but in both places they were actually prevented from uh, doing a goose stepping march around around town and spreading their <laughs> divisioner their their divisionary message in the community. And uh, also, and and also, also in in the Melton in Melton in the sort of in the Mel- in the Melbourne rally, all they they were also they were also marched. They were also sort of were stopped from uh, from doing the town much. But what's what's even more important is that apparently when they uh, when they went off to have their barbecue after uh, after the rally, there were uh, there was a, there was actual there was an actual fight between them. <laughs> their offers. <laughs> Over so over something, I, su- I suppose. I, I so think the most important thing to note that the only reason they were able to march at all, able to have their rally at all, is because of the facilitation by the Victoria Police. Yes, you know, yes, no one wants true. this, and that's the thing. It's like, I, I think it's an important thing to note to say. Like, if 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 we were having a rally in support of multiculturalism, we don't need the de- police to defend us. But for them to be able to have this and to talk about their hate, they mm. need the police to put up a barrier between them and the community because no one wants that message. Mm. No, no one supports it. Absolutely. Moving on now. Uh, well, today today is a very big day throughout Australia. Today is going to be the People's Climate March. Woo! Uh, yes, tens of thousands, hopefully hundreds of thousands altogether of activists, unionist community members, socialists, and other people who care about the environment. Are going to descend upon all the major cities and towns throughout Australia, just ahead of the climate talks that are taking place in Paris. The um, without uh, with, without uh, sorry, uh, Mara Bonacci writes here at the at the Green Left Weekly. The sort of. Without without the clear message from ordinary people, the demands and that businesses and polluting industries make of governments are more likely to be diluted, are more likely to dilute the outcomes. As we need to remember, the Rio, Kyoto, Copenhagen, and conference of, and the other other previous environmental uh, conferences. So the <coughs> you know, apologies, uh, that. 
the the people's climate march in Austra- in Australia is a momentous gathering of wide variety of people and groups that are, con- that are concerned about climate change. Yeah, it certainly presents us with a chance to make clear demands of the governments to take the decisive action. However, there appears to be a trade-off between maximizing the number of people participating and making demands. This trade-off means that people's climate march could be a wasted opportunity for the for the climate movement. There is a uh, there, there seems to be a uh, a lack of, of of a lack of concrete um, proposals in in prelude to the march. So mm-hmm. rather than the powerful united voice greater than some of its parts demanding these things from our governments, it is up to the individual groups and people to make their own demands. So it enables uh, groups that are diametrically opposed to the to participate in the march. For instance, there's actually a number of anti-nuclear groups that are particip- participating in the People's Climate March uh, uh, worldwide, and uh, in uh, and Robert Parker from the uh, from the Australian Nuclear Association is said to be organizing a nuclear for climate <laughs> block for the for the climate mm. march today. Face so, palm. Yes, uh. yes. So I, I, I reckon what we need to t- take away from this uh, conference is that it's certainly, certainly wonderful that we are marching, marching for some concrete climate action while the Paris talks are taking place. But and if we're and having saying 100 percent, we want to transition towards 100 percent renewals as great as well. But we, if we don't have some sort of a concrete, uh, you know, a guide or a concrete way that we can get there, so I'm afraid this this, this Paris march is going to be just just a a flash in a pan hmm. in many ways. And we can say 100% renewables, and if pro-nuclear people don't turn up, what a crying shame. (laughs) They are a a very small fringe of the climate... um, I think think we'll get by without them. Mm. I think we'll we'll be all right. There's nothing to stop them having their own rally, which I'm sure would shake the foundations of society. There'd be dozens of people there. Yes, indeed. Maybe. Next up, uh, communities say no to forced council mergers in New South Wales, Jim McElroy writes. So around 1,000 people rallied in Martin Place on November 18th to protest the coalition state government's move to forcibly amalgamate local councils in Sydney and throughout the New South Wales. So while some councils um, have submitted to the amalgamation push by the deadline, the majority have refused to surrender to the government's uh, old ultimatum. The Unionist New South Wales Secretary Mac, Mark Lennon said, democracy is, is about people having a voice. Real politics, uh, political rights means having a strong local government sector. And the General Secretary of the United Services Union, Grant Kelly, said uh, 50,000 council workers are now wondering about their jobs and their future. Mark Baird is currently selling off all of the state's assets, the power, the ports and property. These forced amalgamations will certainly mean a loss of workers' jobs and conditions. It is the ugly, and that's the ugly side of the issue. Mm. Finally, local government New South Wales Association Coffs Harbour Council uh, Keith Rhodes said, The whole merger process is a charade and a sham. Forced amalgamation in Queensland resulted in rates going up an average 27.4%. And the the reality is it just means less Mm. representation. You know, like you have a higher ratio of people to councillors and mm. it's harder for people's voice to be heard in mm. in the government bodies. And it's not just that, it's also the all the services that the council, council, councils provide to, to the communities and, as well. And, 
Yeah, I mean, it was terribly unpopular in Queensland. And you've, mm. I mean, you just like last year, you had, or a couple of, last year, the year before, you had Noosa and I think it was Port Douglas saying, no, we want to de amalgamate. And it's, uh, yeah, and there's loads of other people and other councils who are saying they want these councils to be broken up. They want mm. to go back to what they were. It's, yeah, super councils are not a good thing. Like, less representation, poorer delivery of services. Mm. Yeah, concentration and centralisation doesn't work. No, 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 certainly not. Well, <coughs> yeah, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even call it uh, amalgamation. I, I would basically call it the corporatization of councils, you know? <laughs> sort of the, what do you call it? The, the big... The, Horizontal uh, integration. Yeah, exactly. The, the economies of scale mm. and all that, all that stuff. Next up, uh, new, uh, Northern Territory gas, pi- gas pipeline will lock in climate pollution for decades, said campaigners. Um, MF is, is writing from Darwin. The campaign against fracking in Northern Territory ramped up a few notches last week, with the government announcing a successful bidder in Northeast Gas Interconnector, projecting project coming amid allegations of a conflict of interest for a key anti-government advisor. So on November 18th, the anti-government and Northern Territory government announced a raft of changes for the environmental process, which it will now take to the community consultation. The uh, frack-free NT pointed to new data showing there will be an oversupply of gas in the coming years. And Naomi Hogan of frack-free NT said on November 3rd, the Charles government's pipe dream is facing an abrupt wake-up call in the face of a gas supply glut around Australia and the world. It appears a very risky investment to pour around $1 billion into a gas pipeline that may not have any customers at the end of it. Hmm. Uh, it's, um, and, and also, and, well, 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 actually, while we are on the, on the subject of gas, the Great Barrier Reef has had a win, but, the coal seam ga- but there seems to be a, a, a loss for us in terms of in the coal seam gas area. A trade-off? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So the environmental groups welcome the passage of legislation on November 12th that restricts seed dumping and port expansion, expansion in the Great Barrier Reef Heritage Area as a victory for the people's power. However, within days, the government showed its true colors by welcoming the expansion of the coal seam gas and liquefied natural gas industries, totally ignoring the long-term ad- adverse impacts of these activities on climate change and sus- sustainability of the reef. The... Queensland's government policy remains firmly committed to CS to the CSG, which has been proved to result in long-term destruction of agricultural and pastoral activity, and also, as we know, severe severe impacts on severe impacts uh, impacts uh, on on water and the and the long-term economic impacts, as we as we know. The, way, uh, the Premier went overboard in inflating the p- benefits to be gained from the CSG. The Queensland Gas Company announced today that they are investing another $1.7 billion industry in this, in this, uh, $1.7 billion in this industry as a welcome boost to the Queensland economy that will support 1,600 jobs. And <clears throat> the, the, um, one of the... Uh, well, well, one of the key problems with this is that, uh, as, it's, as it's written here, the the slide of the hand deliberately underplays the twenty eight thousand job cuts in the in the Serotonin Basin, acknowledged last year by the industry that that is it moved from construction to operation uh, mode. So, 
may not be actually uh, that, that 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 really helpful to the, uh, mm. the jobs crisis there. Yeah, uh, trash is the planet. <clears throat> it's not even particularly job dense. This is why we need to move mm. to renewables. It's much more job dense on an ongoing basis. But it's a bit. Uh, it's, it's a bit of a. It's a bit of a worry seeing all these. Um, uh, all these, all these new gas pipelines in Northern uh, Territory and Queensland. I always yeah. thought the, I mean, the irony is, or the joke is, it's like um, either either die from unemployment. You know, the the, the option that the uh, you know the system puts to us, it's like either die from unemployment and starvation, or we'll give you a job, and instead you can die from pollution Tra- and yeah, 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 all that kind of stuff. It's like you, participate in trashing the planet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, next up, um, uh, should. Uh, should just, just going to give the give a mention to Duncan Rodon, an excellent ar- article he wrote here on the Trans-Pacific Partnership Agreement, and the and the environment. So uh, make sure make sure make sure to che- make sure to ch- check check out his uh, his article, where you know we confirm one of the, where one of the some of the worst nightmares of envi- environmental groups and climate activists with the agreement's poor coverage on environmental issues and weak enforcement mechanisms, and just. Uh, just uh, just uh, just two last quick mentions. Community takes on New Hope call in land in land court of in Queensland once when, once again. And 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 finally finally finishing off on a really on a really positive note, which we forgot to mention this in the last week's radio, radio program. Rangini is finally free. So the Tamil refugee Rangini was fi- finally released from Willowwood Detention Center on November twelfth after years. Being in the book, in the right. And that will be, be it for our news item. So oh, thanks for that. Yeah, we just got to shut down the camps and get everyone else out. <laughs> that is exactly. Open the borders, close the camps. You are listening to Green Left Radio on the Friday morning breakfast show, broadcast live on 3CR Radio 855 AM digital and streaming live on 3cr.org.au. Green Left Radio is brought to you by the Green Left Weekly newspaper providing a weekly source of alternative information which aims to inspire action to put people and the environment before profit. Subscribe to Green Left Weekly by visiting the website at greenleft.org.au or call 1-800-634-206. For new subscribers, it's only $10 for the first seven issues. So yeah, some announcements today. Busy day on Friday. Busy day tonight, or this afternoon and tonight. Uh, we have the stop forced clo- stop the forced closures of Aboriginal communities at three p.m. at the uh, three yeah three thirty p.m. at the State Library. People living on the land of the Kulin Nations will stand in solidarity with the WA and rally in support on this day, while su- also speaking out on genocide and related issues. So that's State Library, Corner of La Trobe and Swanson Streets. People, and then at 5.30, of course, we have the People's Climate March. Also, again, State Library. As our world leaders meet in Paris for the United Nations Climate Summit, we will gather in Australian cities and walk alongside millions of people in hundreds of major cities around the world. By coming together, we are demonstrating that our political leaders are out of step with the Australian community and the rest of the world. We are marching because we want a just transition to 100%
clean energy and an end to fossil fuels. So now, I think, as Dennis said, we should remember we don't want nuclear power because sometimes mm. nuclear power is presented as clean energy. And yeah, it's not it very clean at all. And uh, fracking <laughs> gas can be presented as clean energy too. Filthy and, habits. Or as a bridge between coal and renewables. Mm-hmm. So yeah, hundred percent renewable. The problem, that, yeah, the problem with fracking is that is it, it tends to be a you know a a, a a bridge that keeps keeps building it building itself towards uh, towards towards a uh, an island or some some, some sort of a, an island that doesn't seem to exist. It's like a, it's like a bridge to itself. <laughs> anyway, we have a public meeting with Yanis Varoufakis in conversation with Mary Kostakidis on Saturday at twenty eight. Saturday, 28th of November, 11am, at the Anthem Theatre, 188 Collins Street, the city. You can book online for that. Um, and then, oh, Saturday as well at 1pm. Saturday's a busy day too. Busy weekend oh, yes. this weekend. Busy, busy. So, well, also, yeah, well, we have eco-socialism workshop being put on by the Socialist Alliance. Do we need to get rid of capitalism to save the planet? Is eco-socialism an alternative I'll give you. I, I personally, I've got a bias. I think it is. Yes. <laughs> so that's uh, one p.m. Resistance Center, level five, four hundred seven Swanson Street, opposite RMIT. Um, and but most, but well, last, but certainly by no means least, I should have mentioned this. This is a, I guess, a bit of a, a, a uh, what do you call? What's the word I'm looking for? A conflict with Yanis uh, Varoufakis. Mm. Um, a dance party in. Treasury Gardens to counter protest the is it the UPF. Yeah, the Patriots Front, yeah. Yeah, they want to. Apparently, Daniel, Daniel Andrews is a communist. Yeah, yeah. If only. <laughs> if only, yeah. And a snap rally at 12 uh, 30 p.m. Andrews. See, it's one of those rare times, rare times when I really wish the UPF was right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, um, sometimes, <laughs> half the time, it's like the same thing with Obama being a Marxist. If only, if oh. only, if only. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, sometimes, uh, you know, uh, just recently I started, I started thinking to myself: Is Reclaim Australia Australia's Tea Party? I don't know. I mm. pers- I, th- I, I, it's a funny kind of a thing about Reclaim yeah. Australia. Mm. I, I personally don't think they're that smart. I don't think they're, they're, it's not, you know, it's like, I mean, mean, like not meaning to give too much credit to the Tea Party, but at least the Tea Party are thinking about economics. Reclaim Australia haven't even gone that far. (laughs) That's true. It's starting, like, it's it's basically starting off with this one, um, a a single, single issue, issue campaigning. The problem with that, when when you do that, then when the, when the media's, when the, uh, when the media uh, stops, uh, you know, looking at, at that issue, all your, all of your power all, all your power just disappears. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think. Um, I mean, it's all it's all just Muslims, isn't it? For the reclaim Australia, that's as yeah. far as their economic analysis Absolutely. goes. Absolutely. Blame the Muslims. <laughs> all right. Um, on to our uh, interview for the morning. So this morning we have got Andrea Bunting. Andrea is a Socialist Alliance member and is an activist with Climate Action Mind. Welcome, Andrea. Hello, Zane. Hello. Uh, now, just to begin the interview, I understand you wrote a little poem about Malcolm Turnbull, and it ended yes. up running up some numbers on the old social media. Went a little bit viral. Oh, it went viral. I had five thousand shares. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> could you uh, could I you do us the pleasure of my political pieces? Go on. Could, could you be so kind as to recite this poem for us? Ah, uh, yeah. Well, it was uh, at uh, 
was in the Dr. Seuss tradition, and it was when uh, Malcolm Turnbull got elected, and everyone had great expectations, which were quickly dashed. So I wrote this little poem. Uh, I do not like this Turnbull shit. I do not like him, not one bit. We thought he stood for something grand. On refugees, he'd take a stand. On climate change, he'd act with haste. Alas, our faith has been misplaced. It's Abbott with a nicer smile, but policies are just as vile. I do not like this hypocrite. I do not like him. Not one bit. Not one bit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Um, now, we've, of course, got no, the... Go on. Very, Go on. very good. We've got the People's Climate March coming up, which uh, coincides with the Paris Climate Summit. What do you think is going to come out of the Paris Climate Summit, Andrew? Do you think there's going to be a global agreement for a crash decarbonisation of the global economy? Well... Just to remind the listeners, the climate march is today oh, in yeah. Melbourne, five thirty at the State Library, <laughs> and the <laughs> just to get the plug in, but uh, the, the Paris talks start on Monday. Now, of course, uh, these are very important ones, uh, hoping for a global agreement, but. Um, you know, <laughs> I think we'll make baby steps. Uh, Certainly things have shifted a lot in the last few years. Uh, there's a, you know, I guess there's, there's quite almost unanimous recognition, I think, that, that the situation has now become, well, is urgent and delays can't be tolerated. But, you know, there will be the usual toing and froing. So we know that uh, after this, we will still have to keep building the climate movement. And so the march has been organised in a way to make new alliances. Uh, it's not just the usual suspects, but we've been building alliances with a whole lot of uh, different groups who normally wouldn't be involved, uh, particularly, say, faith communities are, are very involved, especially since the Pope did his encyclical um, back in June, mm. trade unions. Um, so... Yeah, we're, we're trying to move move out and broaden broaden it. And I think that will be great because the climate movement's going to have to become a lot bigger and a lot more, yeah, you know, inclusive of, you know, not just sort of seen as an environmental issue, but as a broad issue that's of concern to everyone. So we will need that in the coming struggle because we will not get a solution at Paris. So we may get, as I said, a small step along the way. Hmm. I hope people don't become complacent after it and think that everything will be all right, as the media will and our uh, politicians will probably like to represent it. Um, So, But anyway, we've made those alliances so that, um, you know, the movement hopefully will keep building. Mm. Yeah, it's good to see it's being used as a bit of a catalyst to try and kick-start the climate movement again after a few more quiet years. Now... In the lead-up to Paris, uh, the Australian Greens have announced a new policy on climate change, and I understand you've been doing a bit of uh, analysis of that. Do you want to... What, what do you think of yeah. this new policy? Well, the, the Greens have put, uh, it's just updated their policy in regards to particularly renewable energy, um, and I'm writing a response to that, which will appear in the next Green Left Weekly. Uh, now... 
you know, it's it's sort of similar to what they've done before, except there is one big change, which is very good. It's uh, recognition that uh, public ownership of of renewable energy hmm. is vital. So that's something that socialists have certainly pushed, and I know you yourself, Dane, have written a lot on this. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> it's good that they they've moved along on that. But one thing they just don't seem to get is, and I guess this is partly because Greens get attacked for. Uh, I guess that uh, they want to change our lifestyle and they want to be popular. Now, of course, with climate change, we've just got to stop this mindless consumption, this sort of endless, you know, turnover of goods, things that last only a couple of years, uh, you know, our car madness. Um, all these things have been pushed on people that use up masses of energy. So, so they don't address that issue, which is a real disappointment. Um, they focus very much on renewable energy, which of course is popular, but but that's only half or part of the story. We've also got to we've got to slash our energy waste. Mm-hmm. Now they make a mention of that, but they just it's not it's not something that they've actually explored because if we're going to slash our energy waste, this needs strong government regulation. It's not you know, and they're still they're still wedded to this market mechanism that the market will deliver. Uh, uh, emission reductions and so far you know market mechanisms like emissions trading schemes are just you know they they might work on in the textbook but in practice uh, the european one has been such a disaster hardly reduced emissions and the big payouts to the big polluters so a lot of uh activists in europe are calling for that to end mm. it's actually stopping effective action Stopping yeah. strong regulation. So um, the Greens seem to... Mm, so it's a bit of a mixed bag. Um, you know, there are some good things. Certainly the influence of influence on the public ownership, and that's, yeah, that's and what, a good move. What actually is the specific policy there? Because I read a couple of articles in The Guardian, whatever, that said there was some sort of policy of direct uh, investment in, in renewables. Yeah. But, but there wasn't really yeah, what, any, any detail there. Have you Have you actually seen the document? What's... There is a document. I mean, it's not that detailed, but it talks about, you know, we'll have a mix of uh, different different policies. Um, but they said, yes, you know, there does need to be a strong public ownership component. But they also mm. talk about market mechanisms. Um, they want to encourage rooftop solar, which, of course, is, is a good thing, because I know, you know, people want to do their bit, and you don't want to, you know, you want to encourage that. Um, so the uh, community solar, which you know I think is an idea that's taken off, and you know they, so they want to encourage that. Um, you know they talk about green jobs, which you know we know is vital because they have do. Oh, that's another thing. They have this plan to shut down coal, and of course they talk about green jobs in the um, coal affected areas. But you know they're just talking about incentives. Now, if we're going to get serious about providing jobs in the Latrobe Valley, which we must, and mm. Hunter Valley and so on, the coal mm. areas, government's got to provide those jobs. You know, mm. government can set up can set up um, industries and so on in their, you know, clean energy industries and do it themselves rather than these sort of incentive schemes, which we've heard about forever. Mm. Because we need to get people in the coal mining communities on board. We just have to, you know. And, and Indeed. So they sort of... All right. Well, know, I, I will yeah. just have to cut you short, sorry, uh, because... Oh, that's all right. You can read the article. 
<laughs> yes, yes. Keep an eye on greenleft.org.au. We are going to have to finish up because Beyond Zero Emissions are about to do their uh, weekly radio show. Andrea, thank you very oh, much you. for coming on this morning, and I will see you at the Climate Rally this afternoon. At 5.30, State Library. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Wayne. Bye. Cheers. Okay. That's been us. This brings us to the end of the show. You have been listening to Friday Morning Breakfast with Green Left Radio. Green Left Radio is brought to you by the Green Left Weekly newspaper. Green Left Weekly provides a weekly source of alternative information which aims to inspire action to put people and the environment first. If you would like to subscribe to Green Left Weekly and get it delivered to your door, you can do so by visiting the website at greenleft.org.au or call 1-800-634-206. For new subscribers, it's only $10 for the first seven issues. Thank you for listening. You are tuned to 3CR Community Radio 855 Digital on the AM dial and streaming live on 3cr.org.au.